the Silver Voices Project, which allowed for digitization and sharing of this archival audio, was made possible by a grant from the U.S. Institute of Museum and Library Services, grant number MA30190681194. This is an interview with Paul Vanderbilt, V-A-N-D-E-R-B-I-L-T. The interviewer is Howard Bosson. Um, the interview is about uh, his background information uh, for the oral history of Henry Holmes Smith. The interview is being conducted in Mr. Vanderbilt's home in Middleton, Wisconsin on March 31st, 1978. I made a whole lot of tapes on my own, new sets of them, about uh, 10, 12 years ago. Not particularly about photography this way. I keep thinking that's shining in your eyes unless you're actually going to read. That moves all around, so you can shove yeah, it wherever that's, you that's want. That's fine the way it is now. Uh, all of these were thoughts and experiences, you know, mm-hmm. talking off the top of my head. Uh, not interviews, this were part monologue, part discussion with two different friends. And I loaned uh, McQuaid all of those tapes, a mm-hmm. uh, matter of 40, 50 reels, lengthy things, because this was not done all at one time, you know, right. I would do a little one day and later on over a period of months. And it's a good, a good thing for anybody to do. To, um, talk themselves out on tape. And uh, I don't know whether he listened to all of those or not. I put them at his disposal. He could do anything he liked. Mm-hmm. And I know that he did some at any rate. I thought it would, you know, uh, <coughs> give him some background, some starting places, some names, things like that. But I haven't heard any. Well, he writes me little notes every once in a while. Yeah. Every, well, he's, Four he's, or five months, he says, oh, coming along, uh, in effect, be patient. Yeah. He's extremely busy with, uh, with this project. I mean, it's just yeah. uh, sort of, it's amazing the amount of work that, that goes into preparing, both preparing for a major interview mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the, just the junk work that has to be done in terms of uh, labeling slides and... Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Smith should make good, some good tapes. He's a good talker. Yeah, that I know. <laughs> uh, from talking with uh, Henry on the phone, uh, he's, he's a very good talker. And uh, Jim said that the first the first set of tapes uh, the, he made with Henry uh, last week run uh, 19 hours. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm going to have quite a bit of material to. Uh, and uh, Smith's got a lot of connections. He gets around and long distinguished career. Um, Tell me frankly, maybe you are a non-smoker who doesn't like it if I smoke. That doesn't bother me. It doesn't. You can say if it does. I no, don't I mean, care. The pipe smoke doesn't bother me. Cigarette smoke irritates me. Well, some of, my, some of my friends are in that same position. They don't like it too much. I don't like it too much. Right. Um, well, I wanted to try to initially get at because uh, in in Henry's chronology. He lists in uh, the, the 
1948 that uh, he inaugurated a uh, course in the history of photography at uh, Indiana University and that he began uh, researching the history of photography during this time uh, and that he held uh, lengthy discussions uh, with you about uh, various issues and problems uh, in the history of photography. And then in 1949, um, he, he spent a summer doing uh, research, and it's, it, it's sort of unclear whether that summer was spent working with, with you or, or you just talked or whatever. At any rate, that um, there was some collaboration between the two of you in uh, selecting a group of uh, 19th century photographs as, to quote Henry, a group of uh, rare 19th century photographs from Brady on and rare pl platinum prints from the photo succession. Um, and he says in his chronology that this is the, the first important um, historical show of photography that was ever at Indiana University. Um, well, those meetings seem to have made a great impression on Henry, and he keeps referring to them, and I'm flattered that he that meant something to him. Uh, the trouble is that I see a great many people at the Library uh -huh. of Congress, uh, some of them on similar errands, and while I remember Henry and uh, lunching with him and so on, with pleasure, it is more with pleasure than any particular recollection of just exactly what we talked about. Okay. I know when I wrote that uh, bit for the catalog there, which he asked me to do uh, very quickly in a few days. Uh, I mean, I had a deadline about uh, four or five days away. Hmm. What he asked me to write about was his discussions in Washington, which seemed to have made an impression. <coughs> the content of those discussions has completely gone out of my mind on the slightest idea what we talked about. Okay. And uh, <laughs> uh, I suppose, uh, no, uh, I don't think this is any put down of Henry because uh, I was impressed with Henry's seriousness and, and uh, eagerness and, and all, but I had many such discussions, you know, with mm -hmm. all kinds of people who come to Library of Congress to want to see photographs and so on. And it's always been my practice to uh, spend a lot of time on this kind of thing. I don't take the view, I'm busy, I can't talk with you. I think it's one of the most valuable things that you do, mm -hmm. both ways. And uh, I would always knock off whatever I was doing and uh, spend the day, the afternoon, or the evening, or whatever, and more, uh, wherever uh, such conversations wanted to lead. I think it's very important. I always gave a lot of time to people who came. Mm -hmm. But Henry was one of many. <laughs> and. Uh, I don't remember okay. what we talked about at all, or what pictures he used, or anything, any of that kind of thing. Uh, this is understandable because this was Henry's own project, leading to some exhibition. He was mm -hmm. picking things for an exhibition. I, I don't know what the did we loan him originals to to show out at there. This, at remember. this point, I really don't know. I mean, that's one of the things that I have to clear up. Henry. We loaned or didn't loan. To, that was a kind of ad hoc decisions. I wouldn't be surprised if we loaned in the originals. I don't remember really. It's quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, from your well, from your association with with Henry over the years, uh, you said you've known him much more as a sort of 
Well, teacher, I think that was my first meeting with Henry when he came to Washington there, and one day he showed up or phoned or something, wanted to talk with me, collections was put the show together and so on. And I remember him and his being there, but as I say, but that was the first time. I think I knew who he was. I think I knew his name. Mm -hmm. um, do you know much about the, uh, the uh, teaching of the history of photography in uh, universities? And Henry, uh, in his chronology, says that uh, uh, he was Again, it's not quite clear. He was, he was one of the first people to ever uh, institute such a course. Forty-eight, um, did you say? Forty-eight, yeah. Alfred Barr wasn't teaching history of photography, he was teaching history of art. But he certainly introduced a lot of photography into his courses at Wellesley College when he was teaching there in 1926-27. Mm -hmm. I uh, knew Alfred by then. This was before the Museum of Art. He was a graduate student, and I was a special student taking graduate courses. He was a little older than I, but I knew him and saw a lot of him, and Jerry Abbott too. In fact, I was present at a discussion, which we used to call bull sessions then, uh, in Alfred and Jerry lived together in their apartment uh, where the Museum of Modern Art was invented, where this discussion led to there ought to be a museum to go to modern art, and there ought to be in New York. And we talked about this for quite a while. There were some others there. And he said, well, let's go see Paul Sachs in the morning and see if we can get him interested in this idea. So they did, and Paul Sachs did get interested in this, and in due course got on the phone, and out of this came the of Modern Art after a while. But this was the initial spark. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alfred was teaching at Wellesley then. And uh, he was very much interested in photography. I don't know that this was exactly history of photography. He was interested in uh, photography then and recently going on, mm -hmm. the photography of the 20s, particularly in Europe, Bauhaus and such, and others, as a as a face of, uh, of modern art exploration, just as he was interested in lettering and in typography and uh, as wide a range as Mahali, for instance, mm -hmm. wherever this came from, in industrial design and architecture and so on. Uh, I would be surprised, well, I wouldn't be surprised if Henry's course was the first one so labeled. Mm -hmm. But I'm quite sure it is not the first uh, mention of any of this. At least I would be surprised if it were uh, that other people were not bringing this in at all. Mm -hmm. All right, I, I won't take the edge off Henry's statement at all. It's probably the first serious 
intensive course, so labeled and devoted to this particular <laughs> subject. This is very likely, quite true. Okay, I was just but trying the, to... this is not the first manifestation of uh, a, uh, a peripheral interest. Mm -hmm. Did uh, over the years have um, the kinds of things the two of you have talked about have been more more related to uh, history and then uh, and teaching rather than Henry's own imagery? Well, I don't remember what we talked about. We don't remember conversations unless they arrive at some particular point. Or I would say they have been largely theoretical and have had to do with such things as where's the target be going and is, uh, 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 is emphasis in the right place and how's teaching going and what are we going to do with all these pictures once we've got them. And, uh, Did you ever reach any conclusions? <laughs> uh, I don't know that the purpose of uh, friendly conversation is no. necessarily to uh, reach conclusions. Uh, I'm a little hesitant about conclusions. I think the thing to do is to keep the fire burning early and put fuel on it. That seems to be um, uh, one of the things that uh, Henry likes to do an awful lot. I write quite a, quite a little, and in writing I don't quite feel that way. I think uh, if you are going to write, or for that matter if you're going to lecture, there should be some point to make. Mm -hmm. But I never regard those points as finality. I think this is a matter of structure. Mm -hmm. This is a matter of if all these people are listening to you or reading you, uh, you, you shouldn't go all around uh, the landscape jumping from here and there and just rambling on and on. At least uh, I shouldn't. I'm not that witty and uh, not that interesting just because I'm rambling. Mm -hmm. Some people are, and it doesn't matter whether they say anything or not. I usually am writing to some kind of a structure, often a structure that I know is not a popular one but not with a view that everybody's going to believe me. I'm trying mm -hmm. to put this into the hopper, right. along with a whole lot of other stuff, uh, by a great uh, diversity of opinions which is equally valid. Mm -hmm. um, you said you, aren't, you have not seen very much of, uh, of Henry's imagery. Um, are you familiar with it at all? Well, I would say some, depending on what shows I've seen. I, uh, uh, off and on, I've seen things, reproductions and so on, but I've, uh, I've never been to see him at home. I've never mm -hmm. been to Bloomington, and it's limited to what turns up in publications that I happen to have come across and what have exhibitions I happen to have gone into to, uh, to see. There's probably much more scope than, than I know. I think of him in connection with these uh, uh, non-optical chemical images. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the bulk of the work. Um, one of the curious things is that there, there, there seems to be a central core of images. I don't know what the traditional is. term for that whole approach is, but the the caro syrup images, or I mean, that's what he. This he kind calls of thing, them. yeah. yeah. Um, but there seems to be a tremendous 
number of variations of any one one image. It's, it's sort of phenomenal, you know, the, the way the, the same image is, is, is uh, worked and reworked. I'm interested in all kinds of things, uh, but more interested in some things than others. And that is not the kind of photography that interests me most, mm -hmm. which is not to say it doesn't interest me at all. Uh, in general, uh, I'm much more interested in experimental film and abstract film than I am in abstract still photography, uh, which I think is very interesting, but I, I somehow don't altogether sympathize with its magnification into great art. I, I, I think these are exercises, and... Uh, You're talking about the still photography now? Yeah. Exercises that uh, uh, exercises in uh, visual exploration, in mm -hmm. thought processes, in interconnections, and uh, exercises in, in strengthening one's uh, one's own powers of association and, and stimulus and so on. Mm -hmm. All this, I, all this, I believe. But I'm I'm a little slow to think this is great art. Um. Which is not a tendency on my part toward a literal conservatism, I don't think, because I'm enormously interested in, in other abstract arts. I tend to view the real function of photography as rather literal, in mm -hmm. other words, as rather representational, okay. and I think this is a limitless and very wonderful thing, eh? mm -hmm. a constant exploration of uh, the things around about one as they are as they are seen. Mm -hmm. I think of this as what is wonderful about photography and if you are going to do uh, free forms and all I have always taken the point of view do, why use photography for this uh, the way is so wide open with, with the okay. various printmaking and, and uh, mm -hmm. other graphic and painting media. I don't see why somebody who is interested in And Siskin kind of thing would not prefer to be a painter. Mm -hmm. But there may be something that I don't grasp there, although I think I do. I know a lot of these people and how they work and so mm -hmm. um, Do you have any thoughts on uh, Henry's place as, as a teacher and his contribution? Well, I have a strong tendency to rate people insofar as I rate anybody in, in terms of dedication and in intensity. And I like people who mean it and devote their life to it. Oh, and this is very characteristic of Henry. Mm -hmm. He's dead serious, very intense, completely devoted. And I rate the person highly for this, almost whatever it is. And I think this is the thing that impressed me most about about Henry, and is probably what makes him such a good teacher. Uh, uh, I don't firsthand know anything about his teaching. Mm -hmm. It has terrific reputation as an effective teacher. 
and lot, I can I can see how this would be. A but lot of his former students refer to uh, uh, refer to to an education with Henry as uh, as the Henry Holmes Smith ex uh, experience, um, or comments like uh, Henry Holmes Smith came crashing into my life. <laughs> And evidently, it was a very, very intense kind of. I would suspect that Henry Holmes Smith was not equally effective with all temperaments of students. Uh, I wouldn't imagine that there was a certain proportion, probably a, a minority proportion, who were a little irritated uh, with uh, Henry's uh, way of talking. He's very argumentative. Mm -hmm. And one distinctly gets the impression, talking with Henry, that if you raise a point, it is uh, ammunition for him to get on the attack. Uh, uh, amiably, mm -hmm. uh, this is this is just uh, uh, vividly, uh, justifiably. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Very intelligently. You know, from uh, talking with a lot of his former students, it, there are those who uh, had a tremendous difficulty in uh, working with him and, and, and dealing with him. But those who, who seem he's to rather insistent, you know. He, you know, <laughs> you know mm -hmm. makes damn sure it gets the point across. Uh, it's all right. It's all right for a teacher, but. Not every student thinks, reacts the same to this. Some are, I think, put off by this. Yeah. I don't mean that this is what I've heard. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm presuming this, yeah. I suspect. Well, your presumption seems to be borne out by my discussions with uh, But I well believe this students. is a minority. That yeah. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he has tendency to Well, argumentativeness, and I think likes argumentativeness on other people, in part. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm sure we've talked a good deal about education, and particularly photographic education, but I don't remember precisely about what to what point and all. Mm -hmm. It's. Um I'm a much more easygoing fellow than than Henry, I think, and uh, uh, my impression is that when I've been with Henry, he has done most of the talking. He likes to. Well, I like to. It's some. It's you know. I'm doing the research. Um, it's kind of interesting to to sort of uh, balance out sometimes those people who, from uh, Henry's chronology, uh, seem to have been very important to to him, and um, the various sorts of uh, remembrances. It's, it's kind of it's a fascinating you know, uh, shift sometimes in, in uh, the way various people sort of you know, fall in and out of other people's lives.
<coughs> I, uh, <coughs> I'm rather fond of asking teachers whom I know how they go about teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it comes to that, ask them to let me see any of their outlines and uh, mm -hmm. assignment papers or whatever they've got. That, how do they go about this? And uh, it seems to me that I've tried to quiz Henry on this without much success, without finding out much about how he goes about teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, he changes subjects to suit himself and to his ten tendency <laughs> to start maybe to answer my question, but he's ending up someplace else. So I never did find out much about it. I haven't had much success with most of those that I've asked about this. On this point, they seem to be very vague. Who have you who have you talked to about that? I mean, that that's a that's a really interesting phenomenon because I know a lot of uh, teachers in other disciplines. Well, I've asked Michael White that. I've asked Alex Sweetman that. I asked Barbara Crane that. Uh, some others in, uh, in Chicago. Ed West, I'm pretty sure I've asked him this. Would you want to conjecture as to uh, why the you know, photography teachers you've, you've spoken to uh, uh, seem not to be able to talk about uh, sort of a uh, pedagogical uh, methodology? They don't go into the subject anywhere near as where I'm hoping they will go, where, I, where I'm hoping they tell me, where I'm finding out what I'm trying to find out. Uh, I don't mean that they don't answer at all, but they tend to give some kind of a short uh, summary, uh, one sentence answer, and then change subject. And I'm still interested in this. The fellow that came nearest to all this uh, was Jaquish. When he had that series of papers, he used to uh, he used to get out what uh, was Memo? called memoranda or something. Mem Memo. Memo. Yeah. Well, I thought that was a very noble enterprise, and I'm very sorry to, to keep up. I know Jaquish quite well, and uh, I don't specifically remember, but I must have talked uh, about this with him. I'm I'm kind of interested in in the whole notion of uh, uh, photographic education as to you know what it what it has been and where it's sort of going. Um, in the last couple of years, the history of photography has begun to be uh, uh, an accepted academic discipline, uh, and I know from my own. Uh, beginning photographic education. Photography was taught uh, sort of as a hands-on, uh, let's make a picture you know, kind, of, kind of discipline. Um, Barbara's Crane approached. Barbara Crane was my first teacher. Oh, was she? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she's a good friend of mine. Uh, her, her approach tended to be uh, at least back then, which is quite a few years ago. You know, I don't know if she's changed or not, but it, it tended to be uh, 
short little technical lectures uh, showing uh, some slides and then sort of a, almost a one-on-one one -on -one tutorial of you, know, you going out and making some pictures and bringing them back and uh, discussing them with her. But from my own point of view, the photographic education has tended much too much towards uh, uh, the making of, of photographs and sort of almost uh, uh, diluting uh, photographic students into thinking that after four courses in photography, they can prepare to go out and uh, be photographers the rest of their lives and hasn't spent nearly enough time uh, creating uh, an understanding of what photography uh, is about and how it affects our, our lives on a daily basis. Well, I guess that is probably the point I'm trying to get out with these people. That there are, there's a whole area here which almost everybody says is there, but seems to be extremely difficult to pinpoint it. I remember sitting with Homer Page when he was in Washington a long time ago, when he was doing the screening for the Family of Man show. He was there several weeks doing that. Steichen, of course, suddenly saw the results of screening by other, by other people. Mm -hmm. uh, Page was sent down to do this. I knew Page already. and. Uh, he saw probably oh not a lot. He saw he saw fifteen twenty thousand pictures. Uh, that is collections that I steered him into. Mm -hmm. I steered him toward. Seems to me he was doing more than the family man because he was into some older stuff too which didn't figure in the family man but that's primarily what he was for doing the screening for that and I remember one time we were talking going through some things together I didn't always I wasn't laying individual pictures before him I was putting whole collections that he should fish in and I remember expressing some He was attaching an additional meaning to the word. you know about it, but uh, Jerry Liebling is editing together a, a special issue of the Massachusetts Review up there to be devoted to photography. No, I didn't know that, actually. In particular, the debate, as he calls it, ongoing, as to whether, I'll, I'll show you the thing if you like, yeah, the statement I would, I would about like it. It's like one page. 
the debate whether whether photography is a, a formalistic art or uh, an involvement art. Better better use his language. Where's that stuff? Uh, it's an interesting statement. Uh, let me go to it. Okay. How would you like something to drink to watch the whistle? the effect that this, all these guys who want to become great photographers aren't going to make it. There's not that room at the top. Mm -hmm. And spelling out some reasons why I thought there was not all that room at the top. What this top was. What is, what is needed is some, something going to accommodate a whole lot of people under something less than national fame. A more private enterprise. In other words, cool it, boys. <laughs> what you're doing is fine, but it isn't of that type of well-shaking historical magnitude. Mm -hmm. That is a, a collective thing. You distill what you're, what all of you are doing, and it comes out as a <clears throat> well as an advancement in thinking. I think. Mm -hmm. And I think as an advancement in language, I'm arguing a little bit that what you are going to be able to make out of the photographs, out of what the photographs collectively have uncovered, and I do mean what you're going to be able to write about them, but with a much enriched and improved language due to the photography, what is going to do to thinking and to writing and to awareness and so on and so on, as products are more important than the photographs themselves, that they are contributory and not an end in themselves. This is what I was writing. This is not the whole truth and maybe not the truth at all, but it was what I wanted to write about <laughs> at the time. Uh, it, it seems that what, I think, what, if I understand what you're saying, um, that the work of any given photographer is just sort of um, almost like a, uh, a brick in uh, a larger structure that the current activity um, Well, photography, represents. because it is, after all, so accessible, so attainable, and I don't think it is too far to say so easy. I believe that it is easy to do a photograph, a photograph. Oh, sure. I'm not saying that it's easy to do a good photograph or a great one, but it is very easy to do a photograph. Yeah. And that's what the great many pictures in circulation are. Mm -hmm. This to me means an awful lot of people involved. It's, involved. it's a mass operation and they're doing everything they can to increase us now. It's, it's truly the and they're carrying over a whole lot of legends and traditions carried over from art history, uh, the parts of this legend of a few great ones, a few great composers, a few great scientists, a few great poets. Yeah, what, what you're saying is, is a very interesting point, because in, in terms of academia, as I see photographic studies moving, so from my perspective right now, um, in a lot of places it's, <clears throat> it's right into the art history. Um, 
And from what, you're, what you seem to be saying, that seems to be precisely the wrong place for photographic studies to be moving. Yeah, I think photography is important in art studies, but I don't think this is his primary characteristic. Uh, I'm not going to say photography is not art. Not well. I'm not going to say that, but I don't think it is quite as much of an art as these eager boys who are trying to find this as a way into a position in the art hierarchy think it is. I think it is more a contribution to than the art itself. Art is changing. Art is not, it's not going to be quite what it was before. A series of objects, mm -hmm. a bunch of exhibitions, an academic subject. What they set out to do in art way back, the whole face of art in terms of create objects, whatever, mm -hmm. painting or whatever. I think this may well have run its course, but it doesn't mean it goes down and out. It shifts into something else. Yeah, well, objects um, the, the last ten, 10 years or so in art has definitely moved away from uh, objectness, and certainly object as 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 a precious object. I have never cared for the carrying over into the history of photography so many methods and viewpoints from the history of art, of the individuals and their dates and mm -hmm. exhibitions that took place and so on. I don't think this is a point. For all, Beaumont knew how one of my best friends. I knew Beaumont since before either of us was professionally connected with photography. I've known Beaumont since the early 30s, before he was at the Museum of Modern Art. But, and I, we are both trained as art historians. But this does not seem to me the distinguishing feature of photography. Very much for that reason that I don't see history of photography as a series of names. I see this as a widening means of exploration of consciousness of the world. Um. And I don't think this is... I think the names are useful as tools we have learned to use, as a methodology we have learned to use. These are highly debatable points, but they're interesting. It's an interesting point. I mean, I, what, what, you know, what you're presenting seem, seems uh, to be, you know, much more of a uh, content and social function. Um, some perspective than uh, uh, individual star system. Um, and yeah. I have no right to do many of the things that I do because I think these are in the area of philosophy and psychology. Mm -hmm. 
and I don't know much of anything about either, though I have studied both, and I studied psychology in my, when I was in my 50s, not as a college student. I went to the psychology department here at the university to, as it were, go back to school again with a view to, to studying just, just this business. But it turned out that the, this is not the psychology that they teach here. Turned out in the end, uh, as it became clear what I was trying to do, this is not the right school for you to be in. This isn't what we teach here. And, uh, but I think it's essentially conceptual, the broadening of conceptual things, the counterbalance to. Well, the various other methods of exploration we have, the scientific outlook, mm -hmm. the fact, factual viewpoint, uh, no position that is not demonstrable and supportable and repeatable is tenable. This this view, the, the semantically based approaches, linguistically these approaches. The proof of whether you know about something is whether you can state it in such a way that somebody else can follow you. Well, I don't think that's true. Uh, for a while at the Structural Society, I had a little gallery all of my own. That is, I had a room put at my disposal. I could put up anything I wanted. And I put uh, a lettered inscription all along the wall. I got the art student to paint inscription from St. Augustine, which I, is fairly well known. You may know it. Uh, uh, I don't remember the exact wording, but it is. Uh, When I think about something to myself, I know, but when I would explain it to somebody else, I know not. I've, um, <coughs> I've felt that many a time. <laughs> well, I'm wholly, I'm wholly convinced uh, that uh, a very firm grasp on something does not depend upon being able to explain this to somebody else. That there is interior interior certainty. Mm -hmm. And many of the fundamental philosophical problems have unfortunately got lost in a, a very uh, dense uh, academic confusion. What I'm getting at is that I'm not. I think we have become somewhat victims of this desire to know and to solve. Mm -hmm. you know, we think not only we must, but I must. You know? And philosophically, is somewhat lost sight of the immense amount of time that there is ahead and what we're going to do all this, all this time ahead. Searching and pursuing, and it would be better if we did this happily. 
instead of with the frustration that we feel at not arriving at the solution, dogma, mm -hmm. law, figures, computer input, proof, uh, definitive <coughs> writing, arguments won, authority, and so on. Right it gets, away. It gets so messy when you don't have... I'm much more interested <laughs> in things that go on and on and in truth they do evolve and they get different and they get more exciting and things wear out and are replaced and so on to express some of my philosophy in this. And uh, one way or another they have put this great pressure to, if you're not at the top you're nothing. Mm -hmm. Achievers. Well, you hear a great deal about this in, in one form or another. So, oh, I understand why they want this so badly, but. I mean, it's, it's, it seems to me that you know, when you're dealing when you're dealing with the individual person, um, as as an individual, people tend to make some sort of recognition, some sort of uh, acclaim, security, whatever you want to call it, for uh, their own personal endeavors. And particularly, I think, from the kind of society that, that, that we have. It's not just people in art you know, going that way. It's a, it's a super achiever and a superstar in the, uh, every kind of field. Um, but the whole notion sort of the superstar is... Uh, well, that's about just what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really a strange sort of notion. I mean, I think... I think in sports, it really, it really sort of uh, is almost sort of the epitome of it. I mean, you have the superstar who, who uh, has all of this acclaim and recognition, um, and uh, three years later, people mention the person's name and they say, who? Um, well, uh, what I'm getting at is that uh, we ought to do a better job of designing satisfaction and security for people who are not superstars. This is millions. Mm -hmm. That they derive a greater sense of satisfaction, and I don't mean back to nature, I'm talking about a essentially psychological position. And. Uh, I don't think it is such an absurd uh, oversimplification. Photography is one of the greatest and best of hobbies. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a I don't think that is a silly, silly remark. No, it's not. What's the matter with using this, uh, the way you use conversation among friends, the way you write letters, the way you uh, enjoy yourself and uh, all the wonderful experiences? Nothing wrong with it. That's <laughs> photography has done a very important thing for me. It has given me enjoyment of being. 
in almost every moment and every place. I only have to look around about me and everything, I almost mean this literally, everything is interesting in the same way that interesting conversation would be or interesting reading. It is not specific ideas, it is a, it is a flow, an energized flow. And I was taught that by photography, not by practicing photography only, but by constant seeing, 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 seeing. Mm -hmm. There's a form of awareness that is like well-being. And it is not trying to get something. It's there. And all I, all I have to do is It's analogous to the pleasure that we have in being certain places that we enjoy or being with certain people we enjoy. It's a kind of form of stimulus. It's great stuff. That's very important. It's a very counter view to uh, um, I'm going I think, to be uh, the, uh, one of those the, the so-called majority uh, whatever uh, I mean the majority in the sense of the um, majority of people who write about photography, I don't, so I don't mean the majority of people who practice photography. Um, I think what you're saying uh, really sort of strikes at the heart of what most people use and deal with photography, or use photography for in the way they, in which they deal with it. Well, a lot of young photographers I know are hell-bent to try to find something different which they are the first to do, and for which they are known as the innovator. And this is the rocket on which they are going to ride. I don't think this is a caricature. It's not universal, but this is a very common attitude. What can I find that is different? I don't think that's... That I do. Yeah. I don't think that that's unique to photography, though. Oh, no. By I mean, no means. Know. By no means. I think that uh, young people in just about any discipline uh, or any field, uh, you know, sort of assume that that's the way you make your reputation. Well, and that's all right, a, you have to take out some of this concept of reputation or lower the lower the target. This is not so important. I think this is the fault of this whole tendency to think that you have to have a reputation in order to have any security. It's a constant downgrading of uh, and putting awful labels like non-achiever and so on on these guys. Yeah. Maybe I have no right to talk. I've had a very successful life. I've had lots of honors and so on and so on. And well, what you're getting at, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's a very interesting. It's, it, it, it's an interesting uh, thing, but in um, if you're trying to survive in um, present-day uh, academia as sort of a junior faculty member, um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about sort of personal happiness and, and inner feelings of security and stuff. I'm just talking about the pragmatics of uh, uh, 
keeping your job at the university, uh, and many other various kinds of uh, achievement-oriented things that you have to do. The syndrome, the universities are also struggling to maintain their reputations and right. their superiority. Most of them are in a very difficult spot with growth, with money, with all kinds of things mm -hmm. that are the institutional parallel to what is affecting the individual. Yeah. It's also highly competitive. Yeah. It's a dilemma that I don't know uh, how, one, uh, how one gets out of, you know, extricates himself from, uh, from that kind of dilemma. I'm going to be one of what they uh, call the artist in residence at the Pyron, beginning in June. And uh, I devised for myself a, a project up there. And the project is to make a picture for each one of my friends uh, to the number of 30 or 40. Mm -hmm. Which is not just some picture that I did that they might like but is something about our relationship or our mutual concern or our respect for one another or something of this kind, mm -hmm. men and women. Each one highly personal and, and devised that way. Here is something for so-and-so. Make a print, give it to me. Like a letter. Mm -hmm. That's my project. That, uh, that I guess, I don't know whether I can, uh, how well I can photograph anymore. I've had so much eye trouble. It isn't that I can't see, it's that I can see sometimes and not others. It seems to mm -hmm. depend a great deal of the condition of my eyes and how much they are how much mucus and so on, you know. I have to clean my eyes out several times a day hmm. and this kind of thing. I don't know, this is still debatable. I have to get cataract surgery. Well, it's already a, a while yet. The last one was a year and a half ago. But I can see all right for ordinary purposes, mm -hmm. uh, but to see to photographs, this is something else. No, what I can't do is go through the environment absorbing this whole thing mm -hmm. in photographic terms. I can see where I'm going, mm -hmm. but I don't see it with that uh, kind of response to the forms, the shadings, the, the things that uh, would influence me photographically. Only sometimes, in certain lights, but many lights I can't see. The shadows are density. I can't, I can't penetrate. The bright light hurts me. I have to wear very heavy dark glasses mm -hmm. in sunlight. This interferes. Yeah. Pyron, so I don't know. I'll try it. Yeah. I, have trouble, I have trouble focusing to enlarge. Mm -hmm. Can't get a bead on it with any of the devices I have. Not reliably. Mm. My judgment of the prints and the 
in, in developing Prince his quality, I can't tell. But, that that must be extremely difficult. I know uh, I have I have bad eyes, um, but they're correctable. And, you know, so with my glasses I can see pretty well. I take my glasses uh -oh. off, I can't see anything. I have vision about three inches without my glasses. Um, but I know all, one of my uh, Real fears all my life is has been uh, the vision going in such a way that you know they can't correct it with the glasses. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Which is about all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but uh, the uh, the distinction between being able to see where you're going and being able to see photographically is been heightened for me, this, mm -hmm. this distinction, that you have to have really superior vision to translate this into the, the consciousness uh, that you must have of mm -hmm. this environment. You know? It is not just where you're going. There is a, a whole lot of other things going on mm -hmm. of which you have to be aware. Yeah. That must be a rather painful realization for you. Yeah. Well, I haven't done anything several months since last fall. But it is not something with the camera. It, it, is, it is something when the, pre, the preliminaries to this, mm -hmm. that is, that is up. I can use a camera. I can see through these lines. I can do ground glass and range find. I can do this. But I'm having trouble with this. excitement of the surroundings. Mm -hmm. Well, Pyra is a beautiful place. Have you ever been up there? No, I never have. I was there in uh, December for the conference on uh, photographic criticism. And uh, it's really, the countryside is just gorgeous. Uh, I've, never, I've never been there, but I know that, uh, that country yeah. more or less. Uh, I went to the Clarence White School of Photography when it was in Canaan, which mm -hmm. is only a few miles away there, over, over the Connecticut line. Right. And I come from Massachusetts. But uh, the, uh, the workshop itself is a rather uh, ascetic sort of place. Um, there are very, very few creature companies. In the, in the place. How's the food? If you like plain home-cooked food, it's great. Right. Uh, as long as you don't tell me it's bad. No, I mean, it was, it was good. Uh, you know, I mean, it's...